Welcome to Creativity, the podcast where art and engineering collide. Today, in addition to my co-host, Pat Regan, we've got a special guest named Chad Dowdell of Chad's Custom Creations. Chad makes a variety of projects, but one thing that's of particular interest to us is that he bought the same sort of laser that I did a couple of weeks ago. So we're going to talk to him a little bit, talk talk about what he does and kind of get um, maybe some of the finer points of lasering stuff. So so Chad, how, how are you today? Uh, I'm doing really, really well. I'm transitioning into kind of a new workflow. Um, I have two kids who just recently started school face to face. So that's a little bit different, but also a new addition to the family, which is a baby that we had just November 3rd. So going through some new stuff, but I'm figuring it out. I'm trying to do some catch up on some work at this point, but I think I'll, I think I'll be all right. Okay. I, I thought you were going to say your new addition was the laser, but so you got, you got, <laughs> you got three actual human children now. Is that, that correct? That's and correct. And a robot child. And a robot Ew. child. Well, maybe, yeah. yeah. Actually, two robot children in, in my workshop. I'll tell you about that one as well. Okay, very and good. I, I guess I also want to correct you on the laser. I did actually buy it January of this year. So my video uploaded recently, but I have a little bit more experience than probably what I've led on at this point. Okay, well, that's that's uh, that's great. You can give us some uh, some tips. And, and Pat, you've, you have worked with the same sort of laser too, except an 80-watt version and then... A hacker space, the lab. Yeah, got yeah, it's MS. it looks identical. It looks identical to the ones you guys have, except there's a sheet metal protuberance off of one side where the longer laser fit in. But otherwise, it looks like pretty much identical. Nice, nice. And it's um, I guess a black and red laser they call it. Or what? Do you, Chad? Do you know what actual brand that is? Because I don't even know. I bought it from eBay from some random person uh, in California. Yeah, so I did the same thing. I, I bought mine off of eBay. I tried to track down a warehouse that was closest to where I am here in Georgia. I think I found one in Tennessee. There's no branding or anything on it. As far as what I see people calling it online, it's just the red and black Chinese laser. Okay. And and you live in uh, Macon, Georgia, correct? That's okay. correct. So mid, middle Georgia. Okay. I know where that is, Chad. I used to live uh, down near Warner Robins for a while. Uh that's actually where I was born, Warner Robins. Really? Yeah, small world. Get out of here. Yeah. The, uh, so where, where are you Air guys Force, currently? Air Force, I guess. Oh. Yeah, airport is is not too bad where I am. Uh, every now and then you'll hear military planes flying through, but it's okay. not too bad. Uh, I got to ask you guys a question. Where do you both live currently? Should well, I go first? Uh, yeah, sure, sure. sure Pat. Let's, let's I'm in uh, Plano, Texas, just outside of Dallas. A good yeah. deal. Awesome. And yeah, I'm in uh, the Tampa area of Florida, um, Palm Harbor. So it's a, uh, you know, pretty pretty good place, I guess. Not 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 bad. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what else to say about it. You're the we're place. neighbors. You're in Florida. I'm in Georgia. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's hot in the summertime, and Pat, you got the uh, the it Texas is. heat to to deal with. So, but I'm happy we don't. I remember the bugs in the summer in Georgia. All those little gnats flying around all the time when I was outside. I I don't miss that. And this has been a particularly bad year for bugs. They they won't die because it won't get cold enough. There's mm -hmm. still yellow jackets flying around here oh, trying to, to attack all the children right now. So mm -hmm. it's interesting this year. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. And you got three three kids to worry about now. So I guess uh, good good luck with that. Thank you. I'm gonna need it. <laughs> so so now, Chad, you're you're a former former junior high school teacher, right? I guess grade school too. And is it true that now you you work for yourself? Is is that right? Yeah, that's that's absolutely right. So I've taught at a charter school here in Macon, Georgia for about five years. And Etsy started to make 
really big jumps. Um, the income from that started to overtake what I was making as an educator. And um, I was able to take my kids out of daycare and keep them home with me while I was working here from home. And it, it, it worked out really well for me. I was able to, to, to leave the education field and go full-time as a maker. Okay. Well, now when you were, when you were teaching, I guess, basically you, you shut down your Etsy store to begin with, correct? But then basically somebody came back and said, well, you know, you can probably make a little bit extra money on it. Um, how did, how did that work? So you, you put your store back up at, at some point, right? After taking yeah. it down, becoming a teacher. Yeah, that's, that's right. When I, when I first became a teacher, I was a hundred percent into it. Um, so, so I said to myself, I'm going to go ahead and turn off my Etsy at this point, just so I can focus on the kids. And when I first started, I was teaching about 800 students um, one, one time a week. So it was a lot to keep track of. And I thought at that point that just shutting down my secondary income was the right thing to do. But there is a, there was a, um, what would I call her? A teacher support at the school who came to became to know me and she found out that I used to have an Etsy. And when she sure heard about it, she said, Chad, you're doing the wrong thing here. You need to turn that back on. You're an artist. You're an art teacher. You need to show the students that you can make it as an artist. You can turn that back on, supplement your income and, and teach at the same time. She, she said, there's no shame in, in doing that while you're as an, as an educator, there's no shame in doing that as well at the same time. So turned it back on. And then throughout the years, Etsy started to grow exponentially each year, or I guess I should say doubled each year. Um, the first year it was about 5,000, which for me was a pretty chunk of change to, to have as extra to, to put back into the shop. And then the next year after that, it, it doubled to about 12,000. And I was like, okay, we're, we're starting to get into something here. And still at this point, I was still teaching, but then the, the the following year, the year I decided to stop teaching, it doubled once again. And I said to myself, this is this is the right decision. Um, as much as I enjoyed teaching, I decided I was going to leave teaching, take my kids out of daycare and and be a full time educator at that point. So, so, I mean, if your income's going up like doubling every year, I mean, in a couple of years, you know, 10, 20 years, you'll be a, a trillionaire, I suppose. <laughs> so that's that's really exciting. Um, you know, I guess good for you. <laughs> yeah, good for you. So, uh, you know, in a couple of years, when I ask you for a couple of million dollars, you just yeah, go ahead. That's cool. Well, well, that's the dream is for it to continue to double. But there is a variable, and that's I am one employee. <laughs> right, right, right. So, so, so what, what's cool you, about Etsy is you can kind of throttle your your sales. One way that I do it is I'll raise my prices every time I make a sale that I feel like I can't quite squeeze into the budget or squeeze into the to the workflow. Um, currently, at this point, my prices are so high. If somebody local looked at my website, they'd probably laugh at me. But what's interesting is they've got me into a market on the West Coast over in California. They've got me in New York's New York State, where those prices don't really hit them the same because they have a higher income bracket and the, you know, teaming up with shipping companies, getting projects out to them has been no issue for me. Um, also Etsy has a very powerful advertising um, kind of platform on their website where you can say, put $3 a day into it and they'll put you at the top of the search results. So if you've got products that are selling that people might like, 
those people will see them first they'll click on them of course those three dollars that you put in every time they click on it you lose like say a a, a percentage of it like maybe 25 cents every time someone clicks on it but if you've got you know the right customer seeing stuff you'll make those sales and you'll make that back so it's it's interesting um but i'm not going to become a trillionaire <laughs> because I love hanging out with my family as well. So I, I, like I said, I throttle it. My prices are high right now because it's, you know, it's the holidays, sales are coming in, but I also want to be able to spend time with my family. So I'm going to remain humble unless I can get enough technology in here to do all the work for me. <laughs> sure. Well, I mean, you know, it's um, hanging out with your family is cool, but if you wanted to hang out with them on a yacht or something, I guess that's even better, <laughs> right? So, or, or a, you know, a, a airplane yacht, I guess you could do, you could probably have one of those if you had a, trillion dollars but anyway when you say that you say your little uh your robot helpers what uh what kind of what kind of robots do you have going on in your shop so i started out in 2018 by purchasing the x carve of course i'm sure you guys have heard of it it was very publicized on youtube a lot of influencers got them for free i'm not one of those influencers i had to pay for mine and i had to assemble it myself as well which took probably 13 hours with kids coming into the room and grabbing the parts and running off with them periodically. Um, but with that X carve, that probably put me up to the next level on Etsy because I went from being able to create wooden projects that people found interesting. And now I can personalize them with names, dates. Um, probably one of my biggest projects or sellers is like wedding guest books. I take pallet wood, I glue them together and I engrave the dates that they're getting married and they use those as a guest book where they sign names at the weddings, which 2020 weddings are non-existent. So I've sure. had to pivot and come up with new things, but well, it's working well, out. Well, you know, you know, what's interesting. I went to a, um, a wedding in uh, South Carolina, interestingly enough that um, the bride and the groom, they lit like gunpowder in this like custom engraved piece of wood and like the gunpowder, like it, it like the flames, went around and engraved the wood or something. I was like, you know, that's something you could do with a CNC router. I mean, I, maybe, maybe you even did it yourself. I don't even know, but, uh, it was, I, I have not done that, but that's got my brain ticking. If I can pour some gunpowder into a, an engraved piece, I think that would be a lot of fun for sure. Yeah. Make for a great video as well. <laughs> Lots of maybe a little liability too, but you know, I guess, I guess they can supply their own, uh, supply your own gunpowder. <laughs> Maybe it's time to get that LLC that I need. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no, do that. That's um, some good tax benefits there, too. Oh, good. <laughs> anyway, um, so you got that. So you got that in 2018, I guess. And then I guess at some point, the uh, automation of CNC router wasn't good enough for you, or you got a laser cutter. And, you know, Pat asked me about this before, because I've, I've got a CNC router, then I got a laser. And he said, he's like, but why? But why, Jeremy? Yeah, so I did I this guess, the other way around, Jeremy, because I... We had the laser at the makerspace, and I said, well, I definitely don't want that. I need a CNC at home. So I'm really curious how you guys came to this conclusion. Yeah, so Chad, maybe you can maybe you can answer that, because I didn't have a really good answer. So. Yeah, so I, I started out with the CNC, and it was all I kind of knew at that point, um, until I stumbled onto this company called JTEC Photonics, or the JTEC Diode Laser. And it's this guy who runs a company out of Texas, I believe, and he, I think, creates an Arduino, gets everything working and supplies a kit that you can put on the X-Carve that's controlled straight through it. You use a software called uh, Lightburn. It works 
really easy. It's a lot like using easel that I use with the, uh, the X carve. Um, and as soon as I saw that blue laser power on and start burning wood, I was hooked. <laughs> I said, you know what? You don't have to worry about CNC bits. You just power on the laser. You find out your speed, your power, and you can start etching, engraving. And for me, the laser's quicker because so, you don't have to worry about fixed. So did you did you start out with an upgrade for the X-Carve first or did you? Okay. Okay. I, I did. I started out, um, oh gosh, when did I get the JTEC? 2019, September. I'm looking at my notes here. Um, had that first, put that on. And then once my customers saw that I had the laser, I started getting larger orders that the diode laser just couldn't quite keep up with. It also is not as, as good at cutting um, through material. It's really good for engraving. Um, but I have a, a realtor who commissioned me to make him a bunch of keychains for his realtor company. Hmm. And I was able to pull it off with the diode laser, but it was slow and it took a long time and the cuts didn't always go all the way through. So at the end of 2019, before coronavirus or any of that stuff started to show up, I said, all right, time to put some money into the business. And I bought myself a CO2 laser, which is the, the 60 watt CO2 Chinese laser that I yeah. have sitting 60, right over 60 there. Watt. 60 watt. So, <laughs> so like, I actually have a, a laser that I basically got and almost never used because it was, um, it just made me very nervous the way some of these things are unprotected. I mean, with the shape Shapoko, you don't have any sort of guards or anything. Is that was that did that make you nervous? Or... So I'm probably not the best person to talk to about safety with the laser. With the diode, the, the danger with the diode laser is actually the brightness of the laser. It's basically like looking at someone using a welder. So you've got special glasses for that that you've got to have an all on okay. at all times. And that made me a little nervous because you know I'd be out here using the laser and my kids would pop into the workshop. So that always made me super uh, nervous, also because my CNC is down low, right where they can see it. So with oh, the CO2 yeah. laser is, even though it's more power, for me, I feel that it's a little safer because it's in an enclosed box. Um, it is a laser that does, now don't quote me on this because I am not, I don't know, <laughs> but from sure. what I've read, the CO2 is an invisible wavelength. Mm -hmm. So looking directly at the CO2 laser engraving is not going to damage your eye unless it reflects off a material and comes out of the chamber and <clears throat> hits you. That's my okay. understanding. Again, do not quote me. Do not sue me. Do you want to know the thing that you shouldn't quote me on? This yes. Is a, a smart guy at our makerspace told us that the CO2 laser's beam cannot penetrate the acrylic or plexi, whatever material that clear uh, sheet is, because you can cut that with the laser. Yes. If you could, if you could cut it with the laser, the laser does not, <laughs> the beam does not, you know, get through it into your eyes. It would get absorbed. Yeah, that, that that's what I've heard too. But I'll be honest, that just makes me, you know, something, some an unseen beam that just. You know, you yeah. can see it, it's going everywhere and it can fry your eyes. That's that like you have two eyes, Jeremy. To know it. Well, yeah, that's true. And, you know, when I got when I got the red and black laser, you know, I looked at it. And if you look at the top layer of the um of the vent in the front, you can see down into the laser oh, yeah. with it. So I you know, I taped that up. I um I bought some special laser glasses which look just like regular safety glasses, and you know, just because I'm extremely I'm extremely paranoid about this. I, I guess mm -hmm. You know, I worked in um, 
you know, I guess, you know, I came from a different profession too. You know, I do, I guess, I guess I write about technology for the most part, but I came from an industrial background and, you know, just, just the things that can go wrong. It's just, you know, when you make thousands and thousands of something over and over, it just, it's just mind blowing. So especially with something you just can't see, that just makes me extremely nervous. So yeah, I, I think be- that the saying goes better safe than sorry. That's true. Honestly, <laughs> yeah. or at least just you close know, one are- eye all the yeah, time. Close one eye. <laughs> and you'll have but, the uh, other one later. I think Pat might be a bad influence on you, Jeremy. <laughs> yeah, he, he probably is. Um, yeah, we had, yeah, yeah, well, you know, we just, uh, we just brought, you know, Pat's actually a fairly new co-host to this. So I'm hoping I can like, you know, bring it, bring him under rain and try to start to, you know, so we'll be able to into an better. adult with, yeah, yeah. You know, make, hoping, hoping I can be a good influence to him, you know? <laughs> Well, it's it's always interesting to have somebody that's contrary to what you say as well. So I think Pat's a good compliment for you. I hope so. <laughs> that's true. I, I think so too. So yeah, um, I guess all that being said, you know, I think maybe we should uh, take a little little uh, coffee break and uh, maybe come back and discuss some of the uh, some of the more details of of your laser. Some of them get in. You know, we kind of seen an overview of your of your grand life and um, you know how you're going to be a trillionaire in a few years. But we'll come back. <laughs> And Jeremy, what are you flinging around in your hand there? Oh yeah, it's a little project I made. So we'll uh, we'll talk about that a little bit a little bit more after we come back. Sound good, guys? I can't wait. Sounds great. All right. See ya. Hey, so uh, so Jeremy Cook and Pat Regan here with the Creativity Podcast. We're doing our uh, coffee break, quote we unquote. Um, yeah. So thanks uh, thanks so much for listening. If you, if you like what you hear, you can support us on Patreon. That's patreon.com slash the creativity podcast um yeah tcp we got a we don't have merchandise for sale but maybe yeah. we will at some point in the future patronize us that's cool if you just yeah. want to leave us a comment on uh youtube or soundcloud or yeah youtube kids... loves sound no youtube does not love soundcloud oh my goodness no they don't no youtube loves comments and likes and things and that helps us out a lot yeah. So ask us questions or tell us things. So yeah, we always thank our, our top five patrons today. We got four. You know, we got Brian Moses, Pat Regan, Positive Waves, and Stephen Booker. Thanks so much for supporting us. We really appreciate it. And very much so. We'll get you. Well, we'll get you back to your show. Thanks. Do I just take a drink of coffee? You can do whatever you want All at the same time. Right. Yeah. Man, that's some good coffee you made, Jeremy. That was yeah, fantastic. Well, I'm, uh, well, mine's lemonade this time, so you know. Oh, uh, no wonder this tastes a little different. This yeah, is... you know, you you drink something expected to be like, you know, the coffee, like mocha type uh, yeah. taste, and then, and it's, then it's lemonade. It's lemony and yeah, a little disappointing. It was weird. I liked it though. It was good. You did a good job. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I guess before we left, we were uh, you were asking me about about this thing. I was. It, and um, it's actually just it's a cardboard that I got from like an Amazon box or something like that, and I made a uh, what do they call it? random a random tree on Inkscape, which basically I think what it does it it um takes like a a seed and then it like it's a you fractal. Know, ran- fra- it's a fractal Maybe. exactly. So it's a fractal. I made it. I, I printed out the printed out. I cut it out in the laser and looks kind of cool. It's amazing. You know, it's amazing how much stuff you can make out of cardboard when you've got a laser laser cutter slash engraver. So it's fantastic prototyping material because you always have some. Yeah, you should get that dialed in for cutting cardboard because it's 
You can have all the cardboard in my garage. There's probably a hundred oh, Amazon boxes. Thank, thank you. If, if I ever make make it to Texas, um, I'll uh, we'll load it into your bicycle. Load it into. I guess I've been I've been to Houston one time and and then I went to Mexico, but you know on the airplane. So yep. it, you know I, I've seen the airport there. It's a beautiful beautiful place. <laughs> Um, but Pat, you were showing me something. You have something too to show. I off, do. I think this is the neatest little thing. This is uh, this is my face. This is for my spinning head animated GIF because that was the only picture that I guess he could find. One of my friends at the makerspace. He's into leather working, and this is a little piece of uh, the leather that he uses with my face cut and you know engraved on the the leather. It smells like bacon when they're making this. Kind of. It's not quite, but. It's like bacon, but it's not. You know it's not bacon, but you're confused. Sure. You don't understand what it is. It's Yeah, we told people yeah, I... don't no cutting leather unless nobody's present. Because unless nobody's nobody's hungry. Unless you yeah. have unless you have snacks for everybody. Well, and the smell no, like no even with leather. the ventilate, we have the same kind of ventilation that Chad has, the same motor, the same going up through the ceiling, and you can still smell the there's a just when you take this out of the machine, it has a an, for weeks this had an aroma. Don't uh, yeah it. Okay, well, well, Chad. Uh, speaking of laser snacks, have you ever <laughs> done anything crazy like? I never thought to eat this, Jeremy. To... You're a bad influence. <laughs> well, you know, I, I sometimes feel like a kid in the workshop, and when I first, even with the diode laser, when when it first powered on, I was just enthralled with putting as many things under the laser and seeing what I could cut, what I could burn as, as many things as possible. And it wasn't too long ago. I had the idea of, or somebody complained to me, they said, um, it was my kids. They, they said, I want the biggest piece of the pizza. And I was like, well, what if every single piece of the pizza was cut the exact same size with a laser? So I took that pizza, I threw it on my laser and I made a little grid, 45 degree angles, eight perfectly spaced out pieces, traced it out, made sure it was right in the middle, and it tried to engrave that pizza. Sadly, with my 60 watt laser at 100% power, moving quite slow, it still didn't quite cut all the way through. Um, but some things that I did get from that was a perfectly engraved pizza with the shape but it also smelled like, uh, how did I describe this? Uh, burning hair on a dead corpse's body. <laughs> hmm. That doesn't sound very good. I can believe it. Not what? at all. So, Pizza okay, was how, one how of the did, first things did... we cut. And it did, we did a bad we didn't even We didn't even have soft, we didn't even know how to work the software yet. We were just, you know, jogging it with the, you know, the, the arrow keys. And we did a very mm -hmm. bad, it did, I know, I understand the smell though. You know the smell. Yeah. Can, can I ask? Like did, oven, you got to preheat the laser. I am. So. It might be something like that. Um, I don't know, Pat. You didn't have anyone in your shop that put the sliced pizza or cooked it and then tasted it, did you? No, no chance? one did that. It was we. We did a bad job. We didn't have fresh. We had pizza from the night before, from our little party the night before. We said, "Well, let's see what happens if we put that in there." And yeah. so it was. It was probably spoiled either way. Yeah, I wouldn't want so, to eat it. Yeah, it was pre-spoiled pre, pre pizza. Speaking from experience, after I sliced it and cooked it, I uh, I put a piece in my mouth and I chewed on it and uh, instantly regretted it because there's something about vaporizing bio material on a pizza 
it smelled like the burnt hair, but it also tasted like burnt hair. <laughs> it was instantaneous, the worst thing that I've ever tasted in my entire life. <laughs> well, and I've tasted a lot of things. <laughs> well, all right. That's uh <laughs> glad. <laughs> Glad to hear it. it I have lots of inappropriate jokes I can make, but Jeremy says I'm not allowed to do that on the podcast. So I'm just <laughs> giggling and thinking these things in my head. Yeah, you can fill in your own fill in your own caption to this uh, or whatever. Yeah, just Mad Lib this part of the Mad Mad Lib this part. Which big fan of Mad Libs, by the way. Um, it's good stuff. It's been a while, but um, all right. So so Chad, you know, you keep on you keep on saying like giving quotes around your 60 watt laser. What what uh what do you mean by that? Yeah, so they sell these lasers as a specific wattage. And when you see them on eBay, the one that I bought is considered a 60-watt laser. But Jeremy, you actually got me um, going into it a little bit more, measured the tube on the backside of it, did a little research. And um, based on thinklaser.com, their estimates here, or what they say is what I have is actually a 50-watt laser based on the measurements of the tube that's that was sold to me so it's 10 watts less than what i thought i was getting so it's a little disappointing um but it works but, it does the but job it works right it works. right okay well but maybe uh... if i had an actual 60 watt laser maybe i could have cut that pizza <laughs> 80 watts yeah, didn't do it and not that ours was actually 80 watts i'm yeah, sure it's you mean, the same you mean, cheating you mean 60 watts yeah maybe we <laughs> yeah. had 60 or 65 i had the six, 65 which which there are some things I want to do to the laser that I've seen people have good success with um, upgrading the air. So currently the air assist is just like a tiny little pump. It just kind of hums. Um, I've seen where people hitch them up to compressors and try to get like 30 PSI going through that nozzle, which helps mm. to aid the cut. Um, and the second thing I want to do Don't is... Don't blow your parts air... around in there, though. Don't use so oh. much air that the you'll need to tie your parts down like a CNC if you go too high. <laughs> That's true. That's true. <laughs> so, so have you done much to your laser? I mean, I guess, let me ask you this. You, you bought it, you bought it off eBay, you got it. Did it pretty much work out of the box or was there anything you had to do to get it, to get it running? Yeah. So when I first bought it, the only things that I had to do, well, actually there was, there was one scary thing. When I first powered it on, it was trying to home itself, went over to the left corner and, um, just just stopped moving uh, on the x-axis so i would try to jog it to the left or to the right and the the laser head would just go back and forth and wouldn't move so i was like great this is kind of what i expected you know two thousand dollars for a piece of equipment that size i kind of expected to have some problems so i was prepared um, asked for some help on Facebook laser forms, sent a video in, and some people said, check your wiring. There's probably something loose. So I opened up the panel on the right side, traced all the wires, and found that one of the like flathead screws that hold the, the wire in place had backed up and loosened itself. And that <sighs> one loose connection caused the entire laser to not work. But don't give up if you have the same issue. Try to try to look in there because it can be a really simple fix, just like just like mine had. Okay. Um, another thing that my laser had an issue was the water tubing with a CO2 laser. You have to keep the tube cool. You want to keep it in a specific range uh, to to preserve the life of the laser tube. 
and the tubes just kind of pressure fit on there. And that's what I did. I just pressure fitted everything. And a few days later, I found out that there was a leak. So the water was kind of leaking inside the laser, luckily not on the electronics, but kind of in the back area. Hmm. My solution for that was taking some zip ties and just tightening all those connections. And okay. so far, still good there. I may have to uh, do that. I, I haven't haven't tried that, but that seems like that seems like a possible possible point of failure. Yeah, absolutely. And even on the inside, you'll you might have a, a um, flow sensor on your laser if you don't have the water pump on. Your laser might give you a warning, which is a yeah. good feature to have. Oh yeah. Um, at that sensor, there's some kind of connections that I needed to tighten up as well, right in there. And continuing on with the water, it's such a crucial thing. Um, with the the stock pump that you get, it has no no sense of cooling the water itself. So if you ran like some deep engravings for like 20 minutes, your water would slowly start to heat up and get to a point where it's not safe or good for the laser tube to continue working. So my solution at that point, which was January in Georgia in my workshop, it was already cold enough to kind of continue working. But when summertime, 100 degree weather outside, my solution was frozen water bottles, throwing them into my five gallon bucket to cool it down. Well, that works for small jobs. But when you get larger jobs that you got to do where you got to run your laser for say 16 hours straight. That's a, you, that's you, a big job. You, you will not have enough. Uh oh, my computer's about to die. Uh oh. Uh oh. That's why he stopped moving. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess it's maybe just you and me for a minute. Pat. It might be. Um, yeah, I guess. Um, hmm. So. I. So how how are you doing? I'm doing all right. I remember one of our smart guys at the makerspace figured out that. You know the power ramp. You know from zero to one hundred percent power on your sixty watt laser. Supposed sixty watt laser. It kind of peters out. So, you know, it's not a straight line. It's a curve. You know, right. you get like 80% of your power. I don't know the numbers. I don't remember the numbers. It's like you get 80% of your power somewhere around 50%. And that whole last half is basically just little tiny. And he suggested we always run it below the, a certain point on that curve. Because all you're doing is pumping more heat. Uh-oh. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Well, hopefully he'll be on. Uh, I hope so. He'll... Yeah, but no, that's that's one thing we were going to talk about. You know, like with um, <clears throat> with my laser when I got it, you know, one of the, one of the upgrades a lot of people suggest is putting an ammeter on it. There he is. Hey, how you doing? Sorry. Um, <laughs> no, that's that's all right. You uh, you posed in a nice, you know, or a nice, you're just like smiling when you left. So, um, we were just talking a little bit, a little bit. Did you put a uh, ammeter on your laser to measure the the current? Yes, I did. So. Uh, analog amp meter on the front casing, um, wired that in there just because something else that I read is you want to keep that specific tube at a certain wattage to help preserve the life of the tube mm -hmm. as well. So right. I found that about 75% power coming from my power supply will keep me in a kind of safe range. Now that's well, going to be different. What, what, what is that safe range for you for a current rating? I'm keeping mine below about 20 milliamps. 20 milliamps. Okay, that's that mm -hmm. seems like what I've heard. I, I actually put a I put an ammeter on mine as well. Just drilled through it. You know, you basically take the negative side of the tube and then where it goes back to ground. Correct? Is that where you measure it? That's where I did mine as well. Yes. It's um. You know, I had I was when I was doing this, I was reading something about there being some uh, potential for 
for some like very high voltage if you get a um a short or not short if you got a broken connection there is, is that have you heard anything about that or yes or not? um i know the the wire that goes into the tube has to be siliconed in very a very strong connection because if you um don't have a good connection i've heard of that high voltage actually arcing in the back side of your tube and causing damage to it like a television um, yeah so, so an old no a crt not like this one back here behind me so far no arcing on mine fingers crossed okay um, and i'm kind of embarrassed to say that i've only used you know those spinny wire clamps that you can use for like home electrical stuff <laughs> right 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 yeah it's um but you guys said 20 uh, milliamp is that what i heard did i really hear that that's got to be a huge that. that's got to be a huge voltage to get up to 50 or 60 watts at 20 milliamps i, I guess you're right because you have 20 milliamps i mean i Holy can't do crap. that i can't do the math in my head but um yeah actually if you guys uh if you guys want to talk amongst yourselves i'll work that out are you doing that on paper yeah, no. let's see. It's a 20, 20 milliamps. So what's it? Uh, 20 milliamps. So 60 watts, 60 watts divided by, divided by, what would it be times? Math. Talking uh, to a former zero, art educator, so I can't help you. Zero, <laughs> two. Yeah, my, you know, my teacher was, uh, it's about 3000 volts. If, if I'm doing the math right. I believe that. Uh, um, yeah, my Don't wife's a bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's a my, little bit more terrifying than I imagined. <laughs> yeah, so, so I guess I guess the idea is, I mean, that, I guess the thing is with with electronics, you know, you've got a a voltage divider, and I guess the thing is the positive is very heavy, but you notice the negative coming out is is you know fairly standard wire. So I'm wondering if I don't know if maybe the voltage coming out isn't as dangerous. I, again, like like you said, don't quote me on this, but it's it's just something that's crossed my mind a little bit. So. There's I mean, a reason the they keep is, this in that big metal enclosure, Jeremy. Right, right, and you know that's one thing that I did. I, I grounded, I independently grounded the back of it to a to a pipe. Um, and another thing, I don't know if you did this or not, Chad, but there's no inter, there's no interlock on it. If you if you take the door up, it uh, it keeps lazing. So oh, geez, ours I'm, had a button. Ours had a switch, a lid switch. Oh uh, yeah, well you paid extra for that. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'll no, I'll there's no safety there. I'll tell, tell you what, that's one thing, you know, I don't know, I guess we'll talk about that at, in the, the progress section, but yeah, that's, that's one of the things I've been working on and getting my laser up to, you know, up to where I consider safe. But basically I put a um, uh, micro switch on it and wired it into the Ruida controller. And in fact, Lightburn has something you can actually turn on the um, a sensor on it. So basically I, it was, you know, it was, it wasn't, if you if you know what you're looking for, it's not too bad. But I will say this though, there's no way a micro switch is safety rated. So if I was if I was doing this in like, you know, an actual industrial environment, and OSHA came and said, "Oh, that's you know that's not enough to like bet your life on," I'd say absolutely not. But how can I jump? I guess in my head, it, it is safer than it was before. And if you say, "Okay, this is not safe," you need to turn that you need to turn that off. But I don't know. You see, you get what I'm saying here. It's it's not, it's still not proper, but it's much well, more proper than it was before. Well, Jeremy, <laughs> I got to compliment you because it's it's more than I've done. I mean, I I can lift up my lid and move things around while it's lasering, but um, I don't know if you guys know Jimmy Deresta. He he had an interlock switch on his laser, 
Oh, Guess nice. what he decided to do on his? Take it off. Bypass it. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Yeah. And we talked about the laser beam being invisible, and we we know the laser is coming off the mirrors from the left side. Well, he ran his finger through the laser beam. <laughs> oh, yeah, I hadn't seen that. That's lucky. Uh... Lucky for him, you know, the laser at that point's not focused down to the small <clears throat> smallest point, so he's getting probably a you know a quarter inch burn or something like that. Thankfully, it's not as focused, but you could really still hurt yourself playing around with that. Um, yeah, no, I guess, I guess so. My CNC um, doesn't have a cover. I just know don't put my finger on the router. Don't, yeah. don't grab it, it. Don't you know? It's bad. Thankfully, it's visible though. So you, it is. You, you know, you know what you're dealing with. It's true. Yeah, well, no, that's true. That, that's the thing. I mean, I've got a CNC router too, but I know where it is. I know that you know if the C, if the if the router bits over here. Oh yeah, yeah the beam on the mirrors. Breaks. I'm forgetting about that. You can touch right, it so anywhere. You know, Oh yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> that was a fantastic face, Jeremy. So, oh. Like, oh my God, not just where you expect it to be; it could be all over the place in there. <laughs> no, and that's what makes me so so paranoid about it. Yeah. It's, it's, um, but um, yeah. So so anyway, basically, before I started really using it, there was about two weeks of me just like looking at the machinery and stuff and whatever. And uh, you know, again, I come from a manufacturing you know background and. You know, to me, I opened this case up and I'm like, oh, this is like a language I haven't spoken in several years. And now I'm, I'm back home, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so I, I guess, I guess with this kind of thing, you know, Chad, I don't know if you'd agree or not, but, you know, it's a fantastic tool, but, you know, be prepared to, you know, get your, if you're not, if you're not a technical person whatsoever, or have at least some background or willingness to learn, I'd say, I'd say you need to pay, pay more and get something by epilogue or a boss or something, you know, or, yeah. or Glowforge for that matter. Um, yeah, I agree with that for sure. Sorry, I think a bug just flied into my throat. Oh, no. <laughs> Probably one of those wasps that uh, you're protecting your children from. <laughs> yeah, and with the with like the Glowforge, you know, you're paying, I don't know, is it 6000 for lot. the like pro model or something like that? <clears throat> Which, you That's know, a lot of money. works for some people, but I've, I've got some friends who got it and they're watching videos of me run my laser on Instagram and they're kicking themselves in the butt for not getting it because there's some things in their software that I don't know if the Glowforge can't run on Lightburn or not, but it seems like their dedicated software is a little bit limiting compared to But it does using do something some, like some neat things. I don't know if it's four thousand dollars worth of neat things, but like it can it has yeah. sensors in there to figure out where the thing you put in the Glowforge where it is. So if you want to engrave on the center of a MacBook you put the MacBook yeah. in there and it finds it. You don't have to figure and it under and I don't quote me on this part, but I'm under the impression that it understands the curve of the, you know, the MacBook's not it can read that somehow and does it refine I don't know that it does, but I heard I don't know. This I, is I've three year old the, memory. I've slept since then. We never know like, if it's right, but like like gen generally speaking, I'd say don't quote us on anything that yeah, you have on the show. This is true. Um that that would be a really great feature, like uh, height sensing. Yeah, I, I don't know if the Glowforge has that or not, but a lot of the stuff I do is pallet wood, and you've got different heights yep. throughout the engraving. So something like that would be really awesome to have. Um, the other thing you're referencing with the Glowforge is it has a camera built on the inside, so you can see the workspace on there. Yeah. But just just last week, I took a webcam that I had from like ten years ago, and I taped it to the inside of my laser in Lightburn has the same capability. So a $20 camera, I'm now able to visualize my workspace 
just by clicking a button and I can move things nice. around and nice. line it up just right. So really and, easy and, upgrade. Do you have that built into the Rita software or not Rita, the Lightburn software? Cause I've got, I've got my, um, no, oh, here's another upgrade I did to my, to my, uh, machine or not upgrade, but basically it's got an ethernet port. So like I could take my, my computer anywhere and it pumps the I control it via the Wi-Fi, and I've got it hardwired into ethernet that I had run out to the garage. It's, it's pretty, pretty awesome. But the thing is the, uh, Lightburn software, you could put a webcam on it, like you were saying, but you can't put an IP cam and have it interface with the software mm. without some real some with pretty, uh, with, without magic. I, I don't know. Are you using a um, IP camera or are you using the actual webcam? <laughs> so I've actually got both in there. Um, again, don't, don't do as I do. Um, I have a webcam on the inside kind of off to the side. So I can monitor it from inside the house if I'm going to take care of the kids or something like that, make sure nothing's catching on fire, which Jeremy, I don't mean to scare you, but don't Google uh, CO2 laser fires. <laughs> you won't like what you see. Okay. Well, I assume I, you guys have a fire extinguisher next to the... I, I do actually. Yes, I do as well. So, Although I haven't tested the fire extinguisher. I guess it's like... Well, once you like test it, it's, like... it's done. Then you need to get a new one so that you know that... You well, know, the... well, that's the thing. I, I just think like, like, well, you know, it's something on fire. I got a fire extinguisher, but you know, I haven't tried this fire extinguisher out. So let me just read the directions and yada, yada, yada. And, you <laughs> know, Google had to pull the pin on this thing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, I assume you, I assume it's not too hard, but maybe, yeah. maybe it is. I don't know. Uh, um, but to, to answer your question, yeah, there's, there's two cameras in there. So there's one that plugs into the computer and one that's just an IP camera that I can access from my phone. Okay. Um, when when I got kicked out earlier, I was trying to lead up to the cooling system. Jeremy, did you have a chance to talk about um, the separate chiller? Did you get a chiller for your machine? Oh as well? no, I haven't gotten a chiller. Okay, I'm not that chill. <laughs> well, uh, I guess I'll talk about that real quick because it it might help some people. If you live in a hot climate like me, again, this garage can get up to like ninety degrees, which if your water is already ninety degrees, you can't use it, and it doesn't matter how many frozen bottles of water you put in there, you're not gonna be able to get it down to temperature. Mm. There's a lot of talk of the SNA industrial chiller, or maybe not industrial. Oh, it actually says that on the side of it. I just looked at it. It says industrial chiller. Like the I have to remember to put laser. that on all my products, industrial. <laughs> yes. Just put it on there. So it actually has a compressor on the inside that cools down like a refrigerator would, and it pumps the water through. Um, that upgrade was about $600, but it was worth it for me. Cause again, there will be days where I'll do 16 hours of straight laser engraving. And that would only be possible because of that chiller there. If I didn't have it, I'd have to stop probably every hour and get that water to cool down um, by itself. Okay. Well, that's good to know. So, I, I guess another thing I've been curious about, you know, I've, I've done pretty much cardboard and stuff so far. I, again, I'm, I'm very new in the process, but what's, what's the thickest What's the thickest material you've been able to cut so far with your laser? So, so materials interesting that I was actually able to get through three quarters of an inch hardwood by getting it to the right, the right speed and enough passes I was able to get through. And that's with the wow. stock lens as well, which is something else I want to upgrade is you can buy different lenses that have different focal lengths. And the focal length on the stock laser is kind of shaped like an hourglass. So it comes out kind of like that and spreads back out. So your your best cutting area is in the center. That's your focal point there. 
but they have lenses that have a taller hourglass shape. So that line in the center is actually longer. So it makes for better cuts on thicker materials, which again, something I want to upgrade on mine, but I haven't done yet. How much is a okay. lens upgrade? I think like $30. It's oh, not much at all. Do it. Oh yeah. Nice. Yeah. yeah no, we were noticing that, that thicker materials that the, you start you know, to the see depth the, shape. Of, the depth of focus is not terribly deep. Uh, and another so, trick that people can do is um, when you set your laser, you have a set focal length. Instead of putting your focal length on the top of the material, measure it down to where your focal length is actually in the center of your material. That, mm. That'll give you a better chance of cutting all the way through as well. And, and that's based on that little uh, little plastic piece they give you, right? <laughs> yeah, so that, you that, basically, that basically shows you the focus focus point. You dial it down to that, correct? So, so you're, you're saying actually put this... Do like that and then make it go up a little bit more. Yeah, I kind of okay. eyeball it on the side and I, I measure it down a little bit further. But Jeremy, something that I recently found out is the stocks, I think mine's seven millimeters or something like that from the bottom of the nozzle is actually not my sharpest focal point. So hmm. you can do something called a ramp test where you have a piece of material on your laser bed that's kind of up like this and you just have it draw a straight line, um, engrave a straight line and you'll oh. find the, the skinniest part of that laser is actually your focal point. So you might find that yours is not quite stock is what they're sending you. He's that's, writing that's that down, idea. Chad. Ramp, He's making yeah, a I am ramp test. <laughs> yeah, ramp test. That means I might actually do it. So. Yeah. I'm waiting uh, to well, see this well, video, Jeremy. Are you going to publish a video of doing the ramp test? That would be good content. Well, maybe maybe I should. I um, thank you, thank you, Pat. I, well, welcome. I've got this video. I've got like basically my whole like laser setup deal, like you know, like the stuff I've done, the <laughs> the ammeter and the uh, not real safe safety latch on it. I hate to even call it that. It's like again, I should I a should be using a switch. a lid switch. Yeah. But, you know, you know, it's like you should be using a like industrial rated whatever, yada, yada, yada. But on the other hand, I don't necessarily trust the enclosure as being uh, what what do they say? Class one enclosure or something like that. So, you know, who's to do I even trust uh, that the laser will just, shut itself off when the software tells it to? I that seems to work pretty well. I know, but yeah, yeah but, you're right. I mean, but who's who's to say? Oh, who's speaking say? of uh the the Uri, Uri, I can't say the word Ruida controller. Something that blew me away is if you have a power surge when you're doing an engraving, like let's say I was doing a three hour engraving and I use my chop saw and I shut off the breaker on the entire thing, everything shuts down. What's cool about the controller is when you get the power back on, it asks you if you want to continue and you can hit enter and it goes to the exact spot that it stopped oh, engraving. That's awesome. That, that's, that's awesome. Are, are you that controlling is something via... that the X-Carve cannot do and it really needs. <laughs> are you using uh, Ethernet or using USB to your... I'm using thing? USB on mine. Okay. By, by the way, I haven't looked this up and I probably should, but Ruida, is that the word for uh, like the uh, the sword that they gave uh, Roman slaves when they became freed? Isn't that like the, like, you know, freedom to laser what you want? I haven't looked this up, but I think that was like... Sounds good to me. <laughs> I'm gonna believe you. That sounds plausible. Okay. I, I don't know. I don't know. I just seems like that just popped into my head sometime. Ruida. Ruida. Maybe, maybe I should. Maybe I should actually look that up. Um, I told you guys to not get me talking about lasers because I can nerd out about the laser all day long. <laughs> well, I'm happy about that. That's fine. I know we yeah. were talking about the focal point earlier and getting your your most focused point for cutting. 
But think about this, Jeremy, if you're doing an engraving and it says it's going to take 13 hours to engrave, do this instead. Put it out of focus and change the interval on Lightburn so that the interval for every pass or raster is spaced out further. So you're actually not using the finest beam you could produce, but using a thicker beam. So that's a trick that I do all the time for speeding up productions, like a cutting board that somebody wants. Instead of spending five hours engraving the tiniest line, I put it out of focus, I get a bigger beam, and I bump up the interval on Lightburn to speed it up to say 30 minutes. You're changing your end mill, but you don't have an that's, end mill. Okay, okay. Exactly, I, I, that's so exactly right. You said you basically, you're making it closer or farther away and you change the speed. Um, that's right. And so I looked you, it up, the, it's called uh, the, the Rudis. So I guess maybe that's the sword of freedom. So yeah, that that's kind of anyway. I was just thinking like maybe I shouldn't. I don't know. Maybe leave a, leave a comment and tell Jeremy whether he's correct or incorrect. <laughs> I think they'll do that automatically. Yeah, <laughs> it is yeah. going on YouTube, right? <laughs> yeah, everybody is very polite on YouTube. So. Yes, they are. <laughs> but Jeremy, I think you're being smart doing laser videos. I never expected my laser video to kick off, but it seems to be the only one on my channel that works. I think it's about to hit 20,000 views, which for me is insane because most well, of my views, you know, a hundred or so. So that's great. Yeah, no, it's, uh, I don't know if I said this to begin with, but yeah, you, you certainly influenced me to buy that laser. I mean, I was, I was looking at a laser as like, do I want to get the little bit smaller one or that one or anyway, so. He I didn't even ask one. me, Chad. <laughs> I've been, I've, I've had a laser yeah, I, like yours for three years, and no, he never even mentions it until it what? shows up. I didn't even, I didn't even <laughs> know you had a, a laser like this. I know, right? And, you know, technically, it's at the lab.ms, which I, I finally figured out that stands for Makerspace. Makers, good job. Um, good job. Yeah, thank you. I was like, what? It's like, uh, I don't know. It's been, I guess there's other things that could happen. Like, sure, sure, it could stand for whatever, but it stands yeah. for Makerspace. When you guys ordered yours, is this still a thing now, three years later, where... You could order it direct from China, or you could order it from somebody who already imported it into California for a hundred, few hundred bucks more. Yes, I, 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 um, I imagine you a, guys got them from California. I ordered it from a Californian who somehow seemed to like answer me based on like the Chinese. Uh oh. It seemed like when he would answer my emails it was more like when it was like three a.m. here. So, you know, maybe he was like. California in name only. We I, probably I all really paid know. extra for something that we didn't actually get. Yeah, <laughs> no, I always I, heard, I think... don't order it from China, straight from China because the tube might get busted on the ride over. You know, I don't yeah. know. I don't remember. It's been three years it's since like... we did this, so I don't remember it well enough. <laughs> it'd be like a Weird Al song, you know, the, straight out of China. You know, straight out of China. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I always picture these things on a boat. But very few things actually come on a boat. I, I, I mean, you think they probably came in a boat at some point, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, so gonna... All the small stuff we order comes on a plane. Anything, right. you know. So, I mean, you're not going to send the plane. You're not going to send the jet for the laser cutter. That's <laughs> yeah. like... It seems silly. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, pick up my laser cutter. Yeah. Which, um, I, I don't know if I would recommend getting it directly from China, at least at this point, um, because you may end up having to pay like tariffs yeah. or customs that you don't know about until it starts making its way over. So just yeah. be careful with that as, as far as what I know. But, yeah. but it's think, a good gamble. Think, Sometimes you might not have to pay any. That's you true. Never, you never know. That's the thing. 
depends on what's on that shipping container, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> or if they even look you know, at it. So surprisingly, I bought my I bought my laser. It said it was like secondhand or something, and it it shows up, and it's like it's obviously packaged just from the factory. I don't I don't really know what the deal with this was, but it worked worked perfectly, and I don't know. So <laughs> I don't know why it was returned or whatever it was to begin with. But anyway, sounds like sounds like both of us had pretty good uh pretty good experiences. I'm sure some people have terrible experiences, but yeah, you know, one one loose wire after six thousand miles of travel I, I i'm okay with that yeah i yeah. expected it so, so as far as like business and stuff i mean you you um you're happy you bought your laser i assume yes uh the laser has taken you know my humble business and opened up so many doors um for people i mean i could really probably be throttling my business really hard with christmas ornaments and gifts like that right now um, I've kind of got a backlog because the new child recently kind of put me a, a month back. So I'm not throttling projects or anything like that. But if you have a laser, a lot of us joke, it's kind of like having a money printing machine. If you know how to market yourself, if I'm, when people see the videos that I post of like the high speed showing the, the laser engraving on something, they get ideas. They'll start contacting you. Hey, I've got this cutting board. Can you put our name on it? All that kind of stuff. And right. I would buy another laser if I had room for it <laughs> right laser, now. Because laser cutter. That was what I was just going to ask. When is the next laser showing up? What's the next one? <laughs> is it going to sure. be a bigger one or a smaller one or a same one or a? For for me, the laser size that I have, which is uh, 19 inches by 27, something like that, works out great. All my projects seem to fit in there because I'm shipping stuff. Most of the stuff yeah. that I send need to be that size. Um, but I've got more local projects where the CNC is actually too small for me now at this point. Mm -hmm. I'm doing like subdivision signs and I'm having to do like stacked cuts or multiple pieces mm -hmm. and it's driving me insane. So I really would love to get like an avid CNC that's like four foot by eight foot. I would love to just throw a huge piece on there. So CNC nice. is probably going to be upgraded next if I can get some more room because I'm just in a two car garage right now. Have you seen the Maslow CNC? Yes, yes, I have. It's, it's a very it's, interesting concept. It's huge. It's too bad it's not terribly accurate, but yeah, I could fit that in my garage. Is the I really would like to be able to cut four by eight sheets, and that would not take up a lot of room. Definitely. Well, well, what what about that handheld router that has like the compensation on it? Have you guys seen that? The Shaper Origin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those yep. look pretty. But you pretty have to crazy. do it. You know, yeah. you have to. <laughs> I mean, the I like the robot that you tell it. You do the work, you put that four by eight sheet up on the wall in that Maslow and you hit go and you come back later and maybe it works. Right. Yeah, I think each machine has different applications. I think the Shaper Origin would be great for a contractor that's yeah. probably going going on site and, you know, they have a, a, a dining table or something that they want engraved or something cut on site. It's I've seen people do that. it on the floor. Absolutely. There's a famous in, in one my... where it's like a musical, like a, you know, the... Boy, what do you the you know the sheet music? Just one set of sheet music, kind of in a swirly, kind of wavy pattern with notes on it and stuff. You can't do that yeah. any other way. That's well, manually, perfect... I guess, but I don't want to do that. Yeah, nobody wants to do that. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, that being said, I mean, I think um, I guess we could move on to uh, you know we we'll talk about what we've been working on. What um, if you guys if you guys like? Um, sure. Yeah, I, I just. Um, 
right, so I guess that being said, what what, uh, what have you been working on, Chad? What's your uh, latest project? Uh, so my latest project is just catching up. Um, again, I was kind of out of the workshop for like two to three weeks. We spent more time in the hospital than we normally would because the most recent child was only 34 weeks old. So it was a little bit scary. My wife was definitely in bad health at that point. She was considered high risk. So I haven't been spending as much time out here as normal. And so all the good. hornets, right? Yes, all the killer yellow jackets in Georgia are, are crazy. Um, so just working on the backlog of, of projects on Etsy, but I've got to hand it to my customers on Etsy. They're the most understanding people ever. If I ever get to a deadline, I can send them a message and just let them know what's going on. And I've never had anyone say, well, I want my money back or anything like that. When, when they wow. found out my situation, they said, take your time, enjoy your family. We'll get your pieces when we get them. Um, but specifically, I'm doing a sign for a Brazilian Jitsu studio in California. Let me grab it. It's right back here. Capoeira. Is that Capoeira? Capoeira? <laughs> I'm not yeah, sure. I'm not sure either. Redondo Beach, California. Oh, okay. that's fantastic. Well, that's, that's pretty that's pretty rad. Does that yeah. fit on your X carve? It they went for 30 inches. So I've got 31 inches on the X carve. So this was able to be done in one one cut. Fantastic. So, but still some work to be done on that. Pat, I know you've seen just about every TV show, right? Do you see that Bob's Burgers episode where they um Yes. Where they start uh <laughs> where they keep trying to get the new the new belt, like oh the new uh, the new Bolsero. Uh, anyway, well, that's they, where they, I got Capoeira from. It's from Bob's Burgers. There's an episode okay, yeah, where it's like the girl, I, some kind of South American jiu-jitsu. He, he tries to fight the jiu-jitsu guy, and he just keeps sweep-kicking him and dancing. Him. Yes. <laughs> yeah. The, I'm almost positive that's Brazilian jiu-jitsu that they're talking about, but I, I'm totally unprepared. I didn't research this beforehand. I did not know Chad was going to mention this. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, so what about you, Bad? Besides watching uh, Bob's Burgers and such, well, last time I screwed up and didn't have power to show you guys this, but this is uh, this is our project here. Oh God, that's bright. This is uh, look at how bright that is. I don't know how to. I can't adjust that. This is uh, we'll cover this one up. This is uh, these are little RGB LEDs. This is called the Uber lights with two O's. This is going to go in a. You know, in a computer case where a five and a quarter, like a CD-ROM drive would go, this is sized to fit in a CD-ROM drive. And the idea would be you put this in your server so it would show you, like, you'd light up rings to show disk utilization or you'd spin a thing like this to show network throughput or something like that. Nice. The new ones have three, Jeremy, so I'm going to have to send you one of these oh. so you can make it, you can use this for eyes on one of your robots. Okay. Yeah, I'd be, uh, I'd that, love to. I'd... that's really cool but we're excited we just got to the point where you can actually update this over the network that was this has a little wi-fi guy on the back so nice. you can that's our, that's my progress on that and i didn't do any of it my friend is doing the software so i so i've been working on this project for about a about a year or two right You've it been... feels like it yeah <clears throat> i well, feel like I feel like it's going to be, um, you know, the former, the guy, the former co-host Max, Max Maker, who, you know, we're, we're still, we're still friends, but he's been working on this uh, electric surfboard for three or four years. So I think it's going to be, have to be a challenge between you, Pat and him yep. to see who gets their project done, done first. This year really screwed us up. It was, there were a lot of setbacks on account of just the, you know, what, how things have been this year. It's yeah. And we uh, got, 
we finally were ready to send out for a prototype. And that was right when China shut down for two months when the coronavirus started. I was like, oh, great. Now we have to. Yeah, set, yeah. everything got set back. It slows everything down now, too. No, no, I agree. So, yeah, I, you know, I guess, um, I guess that's for me. I've been working on that laser cutter, trying to get that set up. So I'll do a video on that. I'm looking forward to that. Um, you know, of course, all the writing and stuff that I have to do to keep uh, keep food on the table and my mortgage paid and, and such. So, um, yeah. But listen, Chad, where, where can where can we find you if we want to buy signs? If we want to, uh, you know, in a few months or so, when when you have time when you have time for it. Sure. Uh, I guess if people are looking for client work, you can find me at chatscustomcreations.com. Uh, but if you want to just see what I'm doing in the shop, the best place to find me is on Instagram. And you just search for Chad's Custom Creations on there. It's kind of a cheesy name, but it's got the alliteration. If you hear that name, you won't forget it. So Yeah, I agree. You You've done tell, a good you job. Tell, you could tell you have an educational background, you know, using words like... Uh, alliteration and stuff so. it's good to hear that because i'm still paying for my education sadly <laughs> hmm. well uh, hey it's uh that's good i guess all right no it's not good i, I don't know good for, good for you for for having an education for having an education that's important <laughs> pat you're still paying for your education no no right? mine's been paid for a long time but i only have three credits so uh -oh. it's not much it's not, it's okay though i i it was fine I, yeah, I have no complaints. I'm I would say you made the, the right thing. choice. And I'm very happy with how thing. things worked out. Absolutely. Well, where, where, where can you find you, Pat? Where I do we find Pat's... me? Well, yeah. I'm at uh, patshead.com. There's a little spinning okay. head. And yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm on Twitter. Yeah. You I'm on Instagram are. now. I'm not very good at really? it, but I'm, I'm learning. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I just want to say thank you for having me on here, Jeremy. It's pretty cool that you found me on YouTube. Again, like I said, I don't have a huge following over there, but the fact that you saw my laser unboxing setup video and it influenced you to go buy yourself a laser. Jeremy's been laser focused lately on one particular subject, you know, Chad. It's <laughs> I, I have the same thing happening to me, and I think that's a skill that you probably should dive into because it can lead to great things. So I hope your laser brings you a, a lot of good luck and be safe with it, which I know you will be. Stay away from PVC. Don't laser vinyl or anything like that. <laughs> so I hear, I will. Yeah, uh, but I, I wish you the best luck with it. And if you ever have any questions, there is an amateur who has had the laser for a year that you can always reach out to. Oh, well, I really appreciate that. So uh, yeah, thanks for coming on the show. And uh... it was good talking to you, Chad. Good talking to you guys as well. It's nice to meet you. Thank you. Yeah. Take it easy.